Hi there, and welcome to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buchan, Communications and Insights Assistant for AMBA. Last month, I caught up with Will Dawes, our Research and Insights Manager. AMBA's just released some new research asking business school leaders in the AMBA network about the opportunities and challenges surrounding their business schools, and also their perceptions of their schools compared to the market. I was keen to catch up with Will about why AMBA felt this research was important and what he thought the key takeaways were. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career? Um, hi Ellen, hi everyone. Um, so I'm a social researcher by trade. Um, I've got around 12 years experience working for a range of clients and um, individuals in the public sector and in the private sector. Um, so I've, I've had big um, assignments for the Home Office, for the Ministry of Justice, um, for the Department of Education, big kind of government departments, but also charities, organisations like the British Council. Um, I've also done a little bit of work for Shell in the past. And then a couple of years ago, I joined Amber and BGA, which was a really exciting opportunity for me. Uh, and that was um, with the role and remit of understanding a bit a bit more about what's going on in the, the higher education uh, business school uh, arena, um, but also what that that means for the schools and for the sector itself, and, uh, and 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 trying to kind of communicate that to schools and to the sector, and really helping Amber and BGA build up a wider database and knowledge of what schools are doing, how they're operating, what struggles they're having, what challenges they're facing, what opportunities they have. Also a bit about um, the students themselves and, ha- and how they're finding things. And then just finally linking that into um, what's going on in the overall business space, what's happening in the commercial world. Nice. Abba and BG have just recently the, um, released two reports having some very business school leaders who have further on the way. Can you tell us a little about the methodology and the thought behind these reports? Yeah, well, I guess from a methodology point of view, they're they're pretty straightforward, really. It's it's an online survey of Amber and BGA's most senior um, business school leader contacts and stakeholders. So basically people who are uh, decision makers at business schools who assign budgets, who plan strategies around MBA programs, um, and who lead who lead the business school themselves. And really what we wanted to do with the study was to understand a bit about what are the kind of strategies and motivations of business schools at this time. You know, we know a lot about how they've operated in the past and traditional methods, but we're very aware that we're really reaching a, a pivot in terms of how business is operating. Um, in terms of digitalization, technology, um, how students work and what their expectations are. And so we really wanted to find out a bit about how the schools themselves are adapting to these challenges and needs um, and what ideas they've got in place and the ways in which they're executing them. And to also look a bit bit about the comparison between schools and then to find out which schools are uh, sort of thriving in these areas and which schools maybe are um, uh, looking for a bit more sort of support and, and, and taking their kind of their first steps into, into into this new world. 
I'm going to explain how you split up these um, three surveys. Yeah, so w w the, the, yeah, we conducted one survey towards the back end of last year. Um, what we really wanted to do is provide a kind of clear narrative um, for each of the reports that we produced. Uh, the surveys asked a real range of different things, and it was was a, was a long survey. It took it took twenty five minutes for these leaders to complete, and we really we really appreciate the time that they took to um, fill in the survey. Um, I recognise that these surveys aren't um, they're not necessarily easy to respond to because some of the information is about their kind of top of mind perceptions, but some of it's about uh, what their school's actually doing, some kind of hard numbers and figures and percentages. So we we split the survey up into three to kind of give the reader and audiences a, a kind of clearer idea of of, 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 of of themes around them. So the first one was really looking at technology and how schools are uh, embracing technology. The second school the second report looks at what schools are doing strategically from an external point of view so how they're forming relationships with other schools how they're working with their affiliated university if they have one uh, whether they're kind of forming corporate alliances uh, and also what their perceptions are of other business schools as well as their their own and then finally the third report titled the business of business schools um, is looking at you know what are the kind of operational remits within which the business schools are operating and 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 how they're actually utilizing different learning methods teaching methods um, capacity building um, how they're managing their advertising budgets how they're how they're managing their finances and revenue so really looking at the kind of the, the cogs of the business school and, and, and how leaders perceive uh, the success of that at the moment and so of these three reports, um, what findings really stood out to you? Well, it was a really interesting set of data. Um, some of it a little bit surprising, but actually there's a lot of kind of really reassuring data around um, the high perceptions and the high regard with which business schools see themselves. Something that stood out, I guess, is that about three quarters, so 76% of leaders think that the fundamentals of the MBA will change in the next 10 years. And when you think about it, that's, that's an awful lot of leaders believing that the kind of core elements of the MBA will change in the next decade. Core elements. When you think about the MBA, something which has got a long tradition, which has got um, core principles and ideas and theories that underpin them, and despite the kind of ongoing research and development and ideas and industry specialization which goes into keeping them fresh and up to date three quarters saying that the fundamentals will change in the in the next 10 years really is to me quite significant but what does that mean in practice well i guess here we're looking at um the inputs of a range of new technologies which i guess will assist business schools in helping them to ensure their programs are up to date so that they're they're really relevant um, so that business schools can operate in a flexible way so that they can make sure their programs align to their students' needs and, and learning preferences. And thirdly, so that they can work in a, um, a, a way in which enables the business school itself to run as efficiently as possible. 
um, so that technology can be uh, utilised for the benefit of the school itself. And we know that schools believe in things like AI and automation and believe that these are terribly important going forward. Um, I guess the kind of the, the, the flip side to this is schools see that, you know, the, there's mixed levels of confidence about how well they've implemented them currently. So perhaps that, that, that underpins a certain uh, sense of impending change or they realise that, that things are going to evolve and change significantly in the next decade and um, uh, but are not quite sure how that will kind of look or tape shape. So I think that's the kind of kind of core finding that really stood out for me and, and kind of cut across each of the three reports. That's really interesting. Um, how confident are business school leaders in the future of business schools? Well, despite any anxiety, I guess, about the implement implementation of technology and the challenges they face around um, addressing the needs of students in the next decade, schools are actually very confident about their futures. Um, we know that from the study, 84% think that their school's going to grow capacity in the next three years, and significant proportions report that they will actually open an overseas campus and, and build on build on their existing um, offering. So that's, to me, that's a significant, a significant proportion of leaders who believe that. And, and given the uncertain economic and geopolitical world in which they're operating, given the challenges that they had to overcome a decade ago with the financial crisis and how they kind of pulled through that period of time, actually, that self-belief is, is, is pretty reassuring, I think, for the, for the future of schools and their overall levels of confidence. So if business schools are confident about their own business school, how do they see themselves in comparison to other business schools and their competitors in the market? Well, what's really interesting is that the leaders report that they have a sort of mutual respect for their competitors. Um, I think essentially in industries uh, and areas I've, I've, I've worked with and, and heard about in the past, there's a great deal of um, there can be a great deal of a sort of antagonistic uh, mentality or they put down their competitors or they, they view their competitors negatively and believe that they're the kind of the only way forward and the only sort of institution and company that can deliver great success for their customers and, and deliver what their customers want. But actually in the management education sector, there's, there's a real collegiate mentality and business schools rate both themselves as an institution but actually the business schools for which they compete with very highly indeed so they see the value of both their school and what they do um, especially in terms of sort of core activities such as teaching and learning but they also rate their competitors very highly as well um, i think around you know uh, eight to nine in ten uh, business schools think both they and their competitors do an excellent job in the in in the areas in which they work. So there's a lot of mutual respect. There's a very collegiate uh, mentality and a willingness to collaborate, and that that kind of comes across strongly in the results. So when you think about the market itself, it's telling you a there's a there's a sense that the market is positive and and good and produces a high quality of um, teaching and learning opportunities. Uh, works well. But it also tells you, I guess, that there's a great deal of competition. And, and from a student point of view, 
there are a great many opportunities out there to study at really top quality institutions. You spoke a bit about technology earlier on, but um, how exactly are business schools innovating their programmes to keep up with digitalisation and education 4.0? Well, flexible learning and, and digital learning is sort of certainly an area in which schools have focused uh, their attentions ever more greatly in recent years. Uh, we know from our application and enrolment trends that uh, online learning and blended learning has, has increased in the past few years. And this is something that this survey also demonstrates. When we asked about areas in which schools have innovated in the past year, the most common responses were around digitalization, flexible learning and adaptation. And to perhaps today, you know, we're, we're, we're today sitting here, um, uh, most, of the, most of the country in, in isolation with um, COVID-19 and the, um, the, the necessity to work in a remote environment um, is perhaps an opportunity um, to develop uh, the flexible and digital working and teaching methods even more so. And at a time when it's never been important to do so because it's essential. So perhaps actually, you know, around this time this year in, in, in 2020 will be a pivot point when it comes to schools trusting in the flexible working methods which they've, they've employed in the past uh, and the online development of courses. Because I, I, I think the sense from the survey, which was conducted towards the end of last year, was that schools are doing a decent amount in terms of technological development and embracing digitalization, but they're, 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 they're not going completely full on with it. They're, they're holding something back, but they do recognize that they're holding something back. And I think that's to do slightly with an element of paranoia about, you know, if we're to do something, it doesn't work, you know, are other schools going to not do it and actually be more beneficial for not doing it? Are they going to make a mistake to, mistakes in the process is there an element of trial and error i guess um so 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 this this i think does provide an opportunity to really crystallize um learning teaching program delivery methods which are online digital uh, and, and delivered in a flexible way and schools recognize this you know so we asked about um we asked about flip learning which is where um, which isn't, isn't directly to do with sort of digitalization, but that has elements of it, but where, you know, a lot of learning takes place in concentrated areas and, and, and happens and happens in reverse. So through practice, through experiment, through um, actually in, inputting their, the, the, the methods that they uh, want to deliver before they're actually taught about them or taught about them in a kind of side-by-side um, -side way. And we're getting the sense that schools really want to do this, but they're not they're not doing it potentially to the to the uh, extent to which they, they wish to. Also, with areas like AI and digitalization and big data, there's a great sense of schools recognizing the importance of these things and these areas of learning um, and delivery and teaching and topics on, on those types of technology. But they're not doing as much as they potentially realize they will have to do in the future. So following on from that, um, are business schools producing MBA students who meet the needs of today's tech employers? Yeah, large, largely they are. I think around, yeah, we asked a question directly about this actually, um, and to around two thirds of um, 
two two thirds of leaders uh, believe that their 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 programs are meeting the needs um, needs of the top tech companies like Google, Apple, Amazon, uh, Tesla. Uh, but but two two thirds saying that they're kind of confident they're doing this isn't isn't really where schools want to be. I guess I guess they they really want to they really want to believe that they are delivering the graduates who can who can who can go into those companies and, and, and those types of companies and deliver because that's where, you know, it feels like the future growth of the economy is really coming from and, and they're becoming ever more relevant. Um, so, so yes, they are, but it, you know, maybe not as, not as far as they'd want to. Um, and this might, you know, to some extent be due to lower levels of specialization available um, on MBAs sometimes there's a more general nature so maybe leaders themselves um, look at their own curriculum and recognize they might not be producing the, the graduates who can who can go into their roles but also um, maybe having more industry staff would help with this I mean we know that there are uh, there are sort of a significant minority of um, teachers who do have in industry experience but potentially Especially in the area of technology, which is fast paced, fast moving, and ever changing, having having more industry embedded staff would actually help with that process. Um, but there, you know, there could also be an element of of paranoia from schools as well. You know, this is this is the leaders thinking this is not necessarily the students and the um, employers who, who have that who have that slightly lower level of, of perception than you would perhaps look for. So, do you think um, a more a bigger focus on technology will be something that is a theme for the future of business schools? I think it's something they're going to have to, con- you know, continually work on and, 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 and pay attention to. I think I, I'm, I'm someone who believes that, you know, we've had technology revolutions before. And in a sense, you know, the technology revolution has been going on for, when you look at IT specifically, it's been going on for for the past couple of decades um the issue with technology though is that it is ever changing and you know when you sell a can of coca-cola i guess there are um you know that does evolve and that, that does change but selling software and selling it specialisms changes in a much more kind of abstract and a much more kind of systematic way than selling real physical products so you know this cloud age that we're living in and the technology age we're living in really is something that schools are going to have to continue to focus on learn and adapt with and i don't think it's a case of thinking you know we've got to get ourselves up to speed and that's it i think it's schools having a mindset and a process by which they're fully able to engage with technological developments and the needs of students and industry on an ongoing basis so having the systems in place to to be aware of that and to do that and to adapt and to tweak um content delivery their own systems for their own benefit is 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 something they'll they will have to do to thrive so moving on to more of an external view of business schools and what kind of partnerships do business schools have and how successful do business school leaders see this being Leaders uh, cited a range of partnerships with corporate organisations. Uh, these often actually centred around 
things like research funding, so funding for specific research projects, uh, broader sponsorship, so sponsoring a kind of an area or institute or partnership with an area or institute or other kind of such commercial tie-ins. And then actually schools largely believe that these are successful. They think they're a good thing. They think they, they, they're getting benefits out of it. Um, so my, my take on the findings actually, when schools spoke about and leaders spoke about these corporate partnerships, it feels that more could potentially be done around teaching and learning partnerships and direct engagement with the student. A lot of the partnerships seem to be very um, institutionally based and macro based rather than about specific delivery and specific ways in which the companies and the institutions, the business school institutions can mutually benefit each other. Um, and it feels like that more can be done around that area in that sense of sort of mutual growth. So sharing of research, sharing of data, sharing of um, kind of corporate expertise and, and, and information which can kind of feed into the research process. So actually from a more operational point of view, potentially more can be done. And what about the relationship that business schools have with each other? Have you seen a rise in business school alliances? And what can you tell us about these alliances? Around two thirds of schools currently have alliances with other business schools. So that's that's a good proportion. And uh, you know, it wouldn't be for me to say whether there's a you know, a uh, uh, you know, an optimal amount of schools actually should have alliances together. It's not for me to say that schools couldn't operate perfectly independently on their own. I'm sure many could and would. All we do know is that leaders do respect and value partnerships that they're able to form with other colleagues and institutions, um, especially in terms of how they can share resources and share expertise and help each other, not necessarily in ways in which they are looking to grow in the same area, but collaborate in terms of having, um, uh, utilising their own intellectual property, their own knowledge base, and sharing and sharing that so that the other school can develop um, their knowledge and you know IT and intellectual and intellectual property base in different areas. So from a previous survey we did actually around poverty and income growth and low income um, or uh, and low income individuals um, and looking at how schools actually help those those kind of communities that are in poverty, one thing that came across strongly was this idea that actually collaboration between schools is something which would enable them to do a better job. So when you're looking at big macro level big macro issues like resolving world poverty, um, like helping with um, the growth of incomes and GDP per capita. These are things that schools can't solve on their own. They need to utilise the, um, the ideas and, and intellect and capacity of other institutions and companies and, of course, other business schools so that they're working in an area that's very specific and niche, say around you know farming or supply chains, or around training business leaders, or around specifically lifting communities out of poverty. They they, they can they can share specific expertise and ensure that you know 
that those expertise work together and joined up can be really successful. Another challenge that schools face on an individual le level is uh, the uh, is in the is in the communication of of findings to industry so that those findings are taken on board and utilized and um, but also to governments and to policy makers and to big institutions uh like you know the world economic forum un um eu and by having collaborative partnerships by sharing ideas by sharing ways of working by having themes and projects I think they're in a better place to actually make an impact and to and to do more. So I think the fact that you know two thirds of schools already have alliances is a good thing. Um, it's not to say schools can't be successful on their on their own without alliances, but but from what leaders are feeding back themselves, I get the sense that that, that they are important. So we talked about technology being like a theme for the future in business schools. What do you think other themes of the future are? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, it's hard to look away from technology. I think that I think that is a, you know, a really important area because it does cut across so many different themes, like running schools efficiently, profitability, ensuring, um, uh, you know, ensuring programs are, are relevant for for, for industry. Um, I guess a couple of things. I think I think just generally specialization is something that comes up. I think students want to specialize more. I think the idea, I think general management um, is something which comes into play more and more with the more senior echelons of big companies, but actually to get there and even an MBA level, individuals need to and want to have um, MBA specific skills to their area of work, be that the health sector, oil and gas, um, consultancy, finance marketing hr um they want to have that but you know they 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 also they also want to marry that with the sort of general the general sort of learnings and skills and and opportunities and mba offers so i think i think striking that balance would be a challenge in terms of meeting students needs um and then also the move to flexible working um we know that mbas are time intensive they're a big investment for individuals. People are ever more squeezed in terms of living costs, um, in terms of income growth. So these are pressures which impact on students and therefore impact on business schools themselves. So I think the business schools which would do best for students in terms of their opportunities to and willingness to take on an MBA and other business programs are those which are prepared to be really flexible and think dynamically about how students can can learn within their own home and work environment as well as as well as the, the sort of full-time option itself um i think an issue which comes up a lot for employers when i've when i've engaged with them in, in the past um and came through a little bit in this survey as well is the need to create really real all-round leaders leaders who don't just have great technical know-how, great business acumen, but also have the ability to communicate, to engage, to empathise, to take technical issues and produce them at a practical level, to have the diligence and um, the mental aptitude and the, so and the mental inter and the 
emotional intelligence to engage with their clients and those that they manage so that the ideas can be communicated in an appropriate way. They're not just following a rule book or a, a way of doing things that they have the ability to adapt and be nimble in their own personalities in a way in which they engage with people and their staff. I think that's really important. I think that's something, you know, schools are going to have to you know, get their heads around in terms of how they select students, but also how they, they bring students on in those areas. And it's, it's possibly something which isn't measured so much at a, um, at a kind of business school, at a business school level at the moment, but that might be something which employers really value. And if, if there's a sense of added value in that area, if you can take a leader who's potentially really good technically has great profe- uh, proficiencies and, and, and a, a fantastic mind and can turn them into someone who is, is dynamic, who can, who can work up and down in terms of the levels for the organization. There's greater confidence. Um, is able to recognize when they have, um, when they're under pressure, when they can't manage things, when they need to bring others in um, to communicate and engage with people and bring them on board. You know, that I think is, is the sort of thing which, employers really value and, and and something which i think business schools should recognize as a future as a focus for the future so you know we're not just talking about technology here and digital heads and uh, uh really really bright people we're talking to people who can who can operate on a human level um but there's you know there's lots of there's lots that schools do exceedingly well and i really wouldn't want to um go overkill on on areas they need to focus on in the future because there's a lot they do to a very high standard and and we know this because students tell us so you know last year we did a a huge student survey which asked them about how well they rated their business school they attended how satisfied they were with what they got out of it whether they thought it was good value for money uh, whether they thought they got the skills they needed to take their careers to the next level and you know, overwhelmingly, they did think the school offered them great value for money, that it was a great investment, that they would get great monetary return on going to a business school, but also great um, skills return and, and fantastic opportunities in terms of networking and meeting people who they can collaborate with in the future, who they can um, really bring their careers on with. Um, so when we talk about Tech, tech being a, a challenge and something that they're going to have to schools have to face up to um, the idea of more emotionally intelligent leaders and and better practical leaders you know the overwhelming majority of students believe that the schools are delivering what what they want and need and I, th- I think schools should should recognize that and um, and be proud of the work they do am I right in saying that what we've talked about today is the results from report one and report two what can we look forward to in the third report so the so third report is um going to look at the business of business schools what do i mean by the business of business schools so i'm talking about the operational issues which are pertinent to the schools themselves and, and help them function and be successful and be uh, profitable and and deliver what they need to do for for their customers for the for the students themselves. So it will look at financials. Um, it will look at the, you know, how profitable they've been, um, uh, where they've derived their incomes from, where they're trying to um, 
harness demands and, and what impacts on on demand for their programs what they're spending on advertising and in other areas to to to, to bring students on board um perceptions on how their business school is actually running and the quality of their school um and, and other ways in which they've innovated really so it's really an all-round look at the internal functions of the school and 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 what their their the leaders' perceptions are of that, and also and also what they know about the kind of operational capacity that it that it um, that it has. And how can we access these reports? So we're we're really keen for as many people as possible to see these reports. So we're going to email them out to all the business school uh, community. Um, within Amber and BGA, so the business school leaders themselves, other wider stakeholders, uh, students and graduates, uh, and we're going to put the reports on our website. Um, we're also going to sort of release it to the media. So we're really hoping that the media pick up on these really interesting, innovative findings, these thought-leading um, ideas and um, and perceptions going forward, so that. You know they have a have a good idea of what the main drivers are within the industry, and so um, business understands what's going on um, within business schools, but also uh, the business school students and the business school operators themselves. I think it's a I think it's a real opportunity to learn. You know what is what is happening in this area, what the most senior, most important, and, and crucial decision makers are doing, and how they're operating, and how they see the future. Um, it's a really it's a really positive report, or the series is a really positive set of reports. Um, so though you know, challenges are identified, I think there's, a, there's an overwhelming sense that schools are well, well prepared and well geared going forward into the, into the next decade. Thank you again, Will, for being on the podcast. As you said, all of our research, including the Business School Leaders reports, can be found at www.associationofmbas.com forward slash research. Thank you for listening and make sure you listen to the next Ambition Podcast.